Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Good morning, Notre Dame fans. I should say good afternoon or good evening whenever you are tuning in to today's recruiting update with myself, Mike Singer, and my sidekick at Blue and Gold, Kyle Kelly. Uh, just appreciate you guys making us a part of your day, whether you're watching live, watching back, or listening to this via podcast. Man, 12 days away from National Signing Day. Feels like it's just around the corner, but also it just eons away because, um, man, she just seems like hour by hour crazy things happening um, in the world of college football. Although it has been a little bit more quiet in terms of news these past couple of days for, uh, for at least from a Notre Dame perspective, but still I'm expecting more news certainly in the days to come. Kyle Kelly, how are you doing, my friend? How's everything going um, this week for you, man? Well, 
The side's almost knocking over this ring light pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it feels like the uh, transfer portal craziness has kind of died down as from a Notre Dame perspective. I know last week at this time our heads were kind of spinning with all the entries. I think 12 guys are in the portal from Notre Dame by now. One guy committed, Chris Tyree, back home to UVA. But right now just kind of monitoring uh, what's coming out of the Goog and uh, South Bend, Indiana, see if there might be some white smoke of a new quarterback commitment, new wide receiver commitment. There's going to be a D lineman on campus this weekend. And I know we're going to be talking about a 2025 class offensive lineman who's also going to be on campus, which will be the uh, feature of our recruiting show here. But be remiss if we didn't touch on a little bit of uh, transfer portal, which I think will kind of loop into this morning's show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So three visitors on campus midweek that we know about, um, Duke quarterback Riley Leonard, of course, who we all expect to end up at Notre Dame, uh, Clemson receiver Bo Collins, um, who uh, you know, I think the Irish look good there, and then uh, Josh Kelly um, from Washington State, who seems to be not done with his recruiting process, um, I believe. Heading to Texas Tech, and uh, I want to say on three's Pete Nakos reported another potential visit. Do you remember that, Kyle? Yeah, Utah. That I think that's coming after Texas Tech, and uh, our guy Pete Nakos has just been killing it. Um, I think he uh, added a note that Utah is one of the team to watch. I know Kelly's you know primarily been on the West Coast for most of his life, so yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see him hang out that way. Yeah, and then uh, R.J. Oban. Uh, a, a teammate of Riley Leonard's over at Duke visiting campus today. Um, and then um, Mitch Jeter is a South Carolina kicker um, who uh, Notre Dame is very much tracking. Um, so Notre Dame is, is doing this one-year rental just over and over again at the kicker position. I, th- I think that's the way to go. You don't really need to develop kickers. Like you just go get, go get one every single year. It's not like you really need to do that. Um, you know, or like like other positions you want to develop and grow from within. Why not just take the best kicker every year and just yeah. So I I do like that um, from Notre Dame. So uh, Marcus Freeman and company on the road this week, and I believe they're coming off the road today. I would certainly expect Freeman to be back in South Bend today for uh, R.J. Oban's visits. Um, and I wanted to touch on quickly before we dive into. Uh, our first topic was uh, uh, Marcus Freeman and Chad Bowden in Southern California yesterday. They were really all over the place Thursday. Um, they started um, in Nebraska, seeing Teddy Rezac, uh, a 2024 linebacker committed for the Fighting Irish, went out to um, Northern California for a visit with a uh, four-star receiver, Logan Saldate, an Irish commit in the 24 class, and then um, ended the evening um, with an in-home visit. The Viliamu Asa household of course, 2024 linebacker pledge Kingston Viliamuasa pictured here for folks watching on YouTube. You see this. Uh, you got Mark Schumann on the left, Chad Boat on the right, and then Viliamuasa, elite linebacker, standing there in the middle. You know, I guess Irish fans have been really following Kingston's social media activity, and he's liked some posts. Like, uh, you can take that for what it is, or you can read his mom's tweet here. Um, we are so very excited that Kingston will be in South Bend very soon. 
and the opportunity for him to attend the University of Notre Dame. So you guys can uh, um, think he's going to Ohio State based on some Twitter likes or something. It just might be a 17-year-old kid trying to have some fun with you guys. Or the uh, word from the mom that uh, going to Notre Dame. I'll let, I'll let you guys decide that, but I tend to think that he is locked in with the Fighting Irish. So that is Kingston Villiamuasa. Number 61 overall player, number six linebacker, recently ranked as a five-star prospect according to Rivals. So congrats to KVA on uh, being ranked a five-star according to Rivals. Let's dive into uh, definitely one topic of today's show is, I mean, Notre Dame in the 24 class is mostly wrapped up. It's just transfer portal recruiting and, uh, you know, make sure the guys like Kingston, like uh, like Aeneas Williams, who Missouri would love to flip down the stretch. It's it's really, again, just keeping those guys committed and get some, what, half dozen or so transfer portal guys. 2025 recruiting does not stop. And Notre Dame is going to have some players on campus next weekend for bowl practices. Uh, and Blue and Gold reported on Thursday that Will Black um, from Connecticut will be one of those prospects. Uh, four-star offensive tackle. Uh, 6'7", 285 pounds, ranks as the number 314 overall prospect, number 23 offensive tackle in America. Considered a heavy Michigan lean at this point. We have a prediction from an on-three writer. Let's see. Yes. Um, Our Michigan on-three recruiting guy uh, predicted Black to end up at Michigan. Uh, But uh, he told me he grew up a Notre, Notre Dame fan. Yeah, when I interviewed him over the summer, at least grew up following the Fighting Irish very closely. Um, So Black visited Michigan for the Ohio State game, um, and that's the only fall visit he took because his team plays on Saturdays. So, you know, season wraps up, was able to go to Michigan, Ohio State, but otherwise has not really been able to hit the road. He did camp at Notre Dame in June, got an offer from Marcus Freeman, um, so we talk a lot, Kyle, about, you know, Matty Augustine, Owen Strebig, um as some of the big offensive tackle targets for Notre Dame in the 25 cycle. Will Black's name does not come up as much because he hasn't been to campus in half of a year, but he's definitely a big target for the Fighting Irish. Yeah, I'd say so. He uh, camped back in June, uh, and as you mentioned, really wasn't able to get to campus this football season because uh, – high school team playing uh, on Saturdays, but um, sounds like he had a pretty good visit to Michigan uh, for the game against Ohio State. And sorry, we're getting messages coming in. I don't know if on, people Kyle. hear our Slack messages, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Wolverines uh, seem to have the uh, edge going in uh, to, to the winner here for, for Will Black. Um I know our folks over at the Wolverine did some reporting on his recruitment after his most recent visit to Michigan, basically said that Michigan was his number one school. Um, And he also, if I'm not mistaken, he mentioned Michigan was uh, a team he followed and was a fan of growing up. So maybe uh, like to more than one uh, college football team. So um, this, this would be a, it seems like kind of, I don't want to put it in the terms of uh, a make or break visit for Notre Dame, but I think this uh, upcoming visit, I, I think you have it reported for next weekend, December 16th, uh, that that could really decide the 
the path of this recruitment. If he uh, keeps Notre Dame in it, possibly commit to Notre Dame. I know this is a guy we've kind of talked about in the past that, you know, we've kind of penciled in Notre Dame's class at times just because his love for the Irish and um, kind of his comments coming out of that uh, June camp visit. But uh, sounds like Wolverines uh, are the team to beat going into South Bend next weekend. We'll see if Notre Dame can make a move. Definitely. All right. Um, so, yeah, we talked about some transfer stuff. Kingston, Villiamoasa, and Will Black to start today's show. And next, let's hear from our sponsors over at Prize Picks. Yeah, you pick uh, two or more players from any sport, pick more or less on their projected stats. You have flex plays where if you still you know uh, miss on a pick, you can still win. And power plays, which have higher payouts, but you must get all of your picks right. You put in six players on a power play, you can win 25 times your money. So uh, <laughs> not the greatest odds there to, to hit that, but hey, the power plays are a ton of fun. I love the flex plays. About, what, an hour after we wrap up today's show, there will be Flex Friday, which is a cool promotion where um, it's basically a protected play. So if you don't hit, you get your money back. I love prize picks. Certainly it uh, makes watching some of these games that you have your entries on um, even more enjoyable. And uh, the best thing is uh, if you use the promo code BGI, you will get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So you put in 50, PrizePix is going to give you 50 in bonus money. You put in 100, they'll give you 100. Um, so uh, head to prizepix.com. Make sure you use that promo code BGI. And this, I mean, tons of sports, guys. NBA, NHL, NFL, soccer, um, MMA, boxing, Call of Duty, tennis. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, so check it out at, over at prizepix.com dot com um and then uh looking at some entries kyle um there was a they have also have a uh a deal on taco tuesday where they will reduce a player's uh projection um so some nhl goalie um and uh we, we had a nice little you know 20 dollar power play hit there that we really like to see and then you get some uh ones that are are, are that kind of sting Jamar Chase for uh, um, this would have been a Sunday and Monday. Yeah, Jamar Chase. We hit the over on his more of sixty point five receiving yards, and then uh, Darren Fox had the more on thirty four and a half points and assists, and he ended up with thirty four. That one stung. That was a thirty dollar entry that would have um, netted me um, an extra sixty bucks. Did not feel great about that one, um, but uh, it. it I'm on the edge of my seat, refreshing San Antonio, excuse me, Sacramento Kings and you know, Golden State Warriors game, or excuse me, New Orleans Pelicans game the other night, which I would usually not be doing if I didn't have my prize pick. So a lot of fun, um, you know, play responsibly, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely, if you're interested, check out prizepicks.com. Uh, Use promo code BGI, 100% um, instant match up to 100 bucks. Okay, uh, moving along, little Mike and Kyle discussions here on how does Notre Dame going into the portal affect quarterback recruiting? So every Thursday, I text my boy Kyle and say, hey, Kyle, we need to talk about the show tomorrow. And this is something that you wanted to talk about, Mr. Kelly. So how does going into the portal affect quarterback recruiting? What was on your mind here? 
Yes, this kind of become a hot topic uh, with Notre Dame going to the portal. Uh, would you call it three of the last four seasons? Uh, 2022, they didn't. 21, they had Jack Cohn. Yep. 23, Hartman. And 24 is uh, Notre Dame's hoping for uh, Riley Leonard, uh, the former Duke passer who visited on Wednesday and Thursday. So I think this is uh, uh, one of the questions on the front of Notre Dame fans' minds. I know that's a, a question I got from a Notre Dame fan uh, via text message yesterday wondering uh, – how this might affect uh, the stance of CJ Carr and Deuce Knight's verbal commitments. Cause I think at some point uh, Notre Dame's got to uh, rely on their quarterback development. It, it seems like, you know, Steven jelly, it, he, who is going to be entering year three of the program might not be given uh, much of a chance to start if Riley Leonard's coming in and uh, same, same case with uh, Kenny Minchie, the, who, who will be a sophomore. And I know, Last year at this time, you know, Stephen Jelly basically didn't get a chance, obviously, because Sam Hartman uh, took over the reins. So a lot of these homegrown passers uh, fr- from you know Notre Dame haven't really get- gotten the opportunity to uh, pioneer the program. And I know this is something that uh, former Ohio State coach Urban Meyer spoke about publicly um, earlier this football season, basically – uh, questioning Notre Dame's, you know, quarterback recruiting just because they haven't had a guy start um, in, in so long. So I, I guess, I kind of want to summarize my my thought by saying that, you know, I know we've talked to CJ Carr about this in the past, or at least I have, when we went and saw him about uh, a little over a month ago, when some of the conversation about Notre Dame dipping back in the portal was starting to surface, and you know, I think it was important. It's important to note that. Uh, CJ's okay with it. Um, he's saying that right now as a freshman, but I can't imagine that as a sophomore he would be thrilled. Like, I can't imagine Stephen Jelly and Kenny Minchie are overly ecstatic about um, you know maybe their chances to to start a next season are dwindling away with Leonard's possible addition. But uh, yeah, it was just something I I've been thinking about over the last few days. Um, if there should be a concern that you know no. Uh, Notre Dame's quarterback recruiting might not matter. Are we going to start to see this um, across the college football landscape? You know, what's it going to look like over the next few years? I think a lot of schools are uh, facing this similar issue. Yeah. At the end of the day, Notre Dame has to get the best quarterback on the field that it can, um, whether that's a uh, high school player or that they recruited or a transfer portal guy. Um and that's what that's why they brought in Sam Hartman last year. That's why they're looking to bring in Riley Leonard this year. I mean, you, you can say, you can kind of say whatever you want, but that's just the truth of the matter. If they were like, "All right, we uh, we just want Steve Angeli, or we want Kenny Minchie, or we want CJ Carter starting against Texas A&M," then they would do that. But clearly, at this point, that's not what they want. They want to bring in Riley Leonard. No, the thing is, Notre Dame does want to develop from within on the quarterback spot. So that's like they they want to they they don't want to go to the portal every single year, but they feel like they have to right now. Like that's just kind of as simple as like that's just that's just what it is. It's not ideal, but that's what they want to do. Like that's and uh does it kind of deter 
high school recruits coming to Notre Dame? Like, could could another school negatively recruit against the Fighting Irish to say, oh, they're they're never going to play you. They just bring in transfer portal guys. Notre Dame has to have a good sales pitch to deflect on that, right? Like, we just would say, hey, we're doing that because we don't have you. Like, that's that's kind of the the rebuttal that Notre Dame would have. So, yeah, that's uh, – I mean, this has obviously been a hot discussion on our YouTube page here, Kyle, for about a year now, um, you know, with, with Mike Goolsby and Tim Hyde and myself and, um, you know, all of us at Blue and Gold, really. So, uh, yeah, until Notre Dame. But listen, it's not like Notre Dame did not just try to play their own guide last year and Tyler Buckner. and That was the goal. It's just Buckner got hurt um, and, and uh, Notre Dame decided to move to a, a different quarterback last year because, again, they wanted to improve the position. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's kind of my stance on it, man. Here's what I'm kind of wondering, though. Don't you think if there was a year for Notre Dame to hand the program over to one of their own guys, this year would be the one? I, I think Notre Dame's schedule is a little bit weaker than this year. And they have the 12-team playoff now. So I feel like Notre Dame could maybe get by and... I would would say the opposite. Because it's a weaker schedule and you have the 12-team playoff, why don't you just guarantee that you can get yourself in there? You know? And, I mean, look, I, I, I push back on the whole schedule is weaker thing. Because what does that really matter? Notre Dame was better than Marshall and Stanford last year. He still lost. Do you think Notre Dame's a better program than Louisville? Like, or a better team than Louisville? Yeah, you still lost. So I don't really give a rat's ass about the schedules week or not. You still got to win your games. Texas A&M on the road is still going to be a difficult game, in my opinion. Um, like, things can develop that make the schedule more difficult than it appears right now. We No one would have thought Louisville would have been, you know uh, – um, a, a, diff- a very difficult test. I mean, Tim Hyde kind of did. It was like, <laughs> oh, they're more trip-up games. But no, Duke and Louisville were like real teams um, for the Fighting Irish to, like, those were very close, tight games. So, whereas you might have think, oh, it's it's the big three games for Notre Dame, Clemson, um, USC, and Ohio State. And the rest of them are gonna be cakewalks. I I I, I kind of push push back on the week schedule thing because it might just be how it appears on paper. Interesting. I I kind of feel like a, a one one loss Notre Dame team is pretty much gonna get in every year, and I yeah. think two loss Notre Dame team is gonna be in the conversation. I I forget where they're ranked right now, but I think they're a couple spots out with uh, three losses. So. That's why I'm like, it, it's kind of getting, I, I know for some fans, a little bit tired of <laughs> seeing the portal quarterbacks. And I think, I don't know, man. I know some people want to see CJ Carr right away, but yeah. I don't know. And Notre Dame hasn't started a true freshman since Tommy Reese. And I, I, I can't, re- I, I'm going to, sh- I can't remember if that was injury related. I think so. I know Tommy came and went many times as a starting quarterback at Notre Dame with guys coming in now. But, yeah, Notre Dame doesn't really have a true freshman start at quarterback. So, yeah. 
It's going to end sometime, though. Quick. So next year we'll be curious. Yeah. Quick shout out to the Miami Dolphins. Number one team in the AFC. How about that? Still haven't really beaten anybody good, but besides that. All right. Yeah. So quarterbacks, always going to be a hot topic. Um, so are the receivers, Kyle. Another thing that uh, you wanted to talk about with me is, um, you know, let's break down this 24 receiver class. It is outstanding. What do you think about the potential of these guys playing right away, considering the Irish already have a commitment from Chris Mitchell, who looks to be that like field receiver, speedy guy, potentially bringing in Bo Collins, um, who looks like he could be a boundary receiver, um, uh, you know, it's not the biggest guy from like a physical standpoint, but like tall. Uh, I, I think he could be a really good boundary receiver for the Irish, a steady performer for years from Clemson. I was a huge Bo Collins fan when Notre Dame was recruiting him in the 2021 class. And I think he's had a solid little career at Clemson. Um, and then, uh, you know, you returned Jaden Thomas, you returned Deion Colsey. What does that look? Of course, Jaden Greathouse, Jordan Faison. What does the outlook look like for Notre Dame with the 24 receiver class? Can any of these guys play as true freshmen? Kyle, what do you think about Cam Williams? Yeah, this is the uh, one that, you know, Notre Dame fans print out that 24 uh, recruiting class and post it up on their desk. They're going to have Cam Williams circled uh, bright pink or yellow or something highlighter because he's the, the crown jewel of this Notre Dame 24 recruiting class he's a crown jewel of the receiver position at Notre Dame for a number of years going back all the way to 2008 pretty much when Notre Dame had Michael Floyd in the fold so this is uh the one Notre Dame fans have been excited about for a while and I think rightfully so with Cam being a five-star guy at least per the on three industry ranking um he looks like a five-star too I've seen him play a couple times or I've seen him in person a few times. I've only played, seen him play once, but he is legit, and it's pretty exciting to think about what he could bring to the Notre Dame offense, especially from a uh, speed aspect. I think that's Notre Dame's kind of been looking or missing a guy that can stretch the field. I, I think they maybe thought they hadn't Tobias Merriweather. I know during his freshman year he had the uh, one long touchdown catch, and that was pretty much it. And that was kind of a glimpse of what was supposed to be of Tobias, but never came to fruition. I think Notre Dame's hoping that, uh, or at least the fans certainly are, for Cam to be that guy that can take off the top of the defense. And I know you said Chris Mitchell is a, a little bit of a speedier guy, and I've, I've kind of gotten that sense as well. But I, I still think Cam has got an extra gear. And I, I don't know if Chris Mitchell is going to be one of those guys that can really take the top of the, uh, off the defense. I hope is, so. He's like a 4-3, 4-4 guy. He's not 4-3, but maybe high 4-4s. Four but anyway. I'm telling you what I was told by my sources. 4-3, 4-4 guys, what I was told. Dang. Well, if that's okay. He doesn't look like that in film, at least. I mean, when I think 4-3, I'm thinking of your boy Jaden Waddle. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know about four three yeah. either, but I'm just saying like that that's what they say four three four four. Yeah, and it's also one of those things that's like oh, you know how do you know how, how's Drew Pine listed at six one by rivals going into his junior year, and then he gets to Notre Dame, he's five eleven. You know who, who knows? But he I I I would say he can take the top off the defense, but we'll see. 
Yeah, but I, I will say is for as much excitement there is to see Cam, Cam Williams, and I know Notre Dame's got two other really uh, exciting wide receivers coming in, and Micah Gilbert from Charlotte Christian and uh, Logan Saldate from Salinas Palma out in California. Um, I kind of don't want to see those guys next year, to believe it or not. I'll have I'll get my healthy dose of Cam Williams, but I think we're starting to reach a point where Notre Dame needs to rely on some of these younger guys. I mean. I mean, it was a little bit different last year because of the injuries to Cole, ZJ, and Thomas, et cetera, Matt Salerno. So I, I'm really hoping Notre Dame can pick up two or three guys from the portal. They can see some development with, uh, you know, Jaden Greathouse, Jordan Faison, get some more opportunities for those guys. Because um, I don't think the, the freshman wide receiver experience went extremely well with Notre Dame last year. I mean, I mean, Faison had some moments. Greathouse had some moments, was hurt. Unfortunately, Flores is gone now. Braylon didn't work out. Braylon James. So that's kind of where my head's at uh, with the uh, Notre Dame wide receivers. I, I think that uh, if Riley Leonard is going to come to Notre Dame, he's going to need some experienced guys that are going to catch football for him. He's going to want to uh, put the best tape out there for the NFL execs, put himself in position to get drafted. And I'm not exactly sure these you know, freshman wide receivers are going to be the ones that do it from day one. I think they all bring a unique skill set to the table. But I, I, I'm kind of at the point where I, I want to see – Notre Dame continue to invest in the portal at the receiver position. I think it does need a little bit of an overhaul. I guess it, it unfortunately is, or depending on you how you look at it, unfortunately or fortunately, fortunately uh, becoming that way. So that, that's kind of where my head's at with things, Mike. I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on maybe seeing some of these young cats in the lineup next season. Yeah. I mean – you saw my reaction to the, the the receiver thing didn't really work out with freshmen. I, I mean, you guys were huge Braylon James fans. I wasn't as big. Of, I, I loved interacting with Braylon James, like so much fun interview and everything. But like, I quite I didn't see it as much as you guys did. And like Mike Goes, we love love Braylon James. I I didn't see it as much. Um, so if he's going like. Yeah, immense potential for sure, but like I'm not like I'm not, I haven't lost sleep over that one. Like I have Rico, like Rico is outstanding this year in my opinion as a freshman. Jaden Greathouse, I mean Jordan Faison, it was a really I mean those those wrong receivers really stepped up. Um, and uh, really looking forward to seeing what what uh, Faison and Greathouse can do this year. Kane Williams, I think will play, and I think will play a good bit this year. Not not sure I'm Micah Gilbert. I. I'm a huge fan of all three of these guys, and I think it's even might be even a better of a group than last year, which which is saying something. So it's a really good receiver class for the Irish. I really like Micah Gilbert, but I think Notre Dame might not need him this upcoming season. Logan Saldate might. I don't know. I think we might see Logan Saldate this season. I'm a they huge put a lot Logan of slot receivers out there. <laughs> What's that? If they put, if they uh, put all slot wide receivers out there with Faison, Greyhouse, Aldate. <laughs> oh, I, I hear you, but you like when Chris Tyree leaves, you're kind of like that's that's okay. We have Logan Saldate is kind of better than him, right? What? Why? Why can't Logan Saldate be better than Jordan Faison? Like, who knows? Logan Saldate, like, so 
my thing is freshman, senior, I don't care, man. Like, dude, just play the best guys. That's kind of where I'm at. Play the best guys. Simple as that. If Logan Saldate is the best slot on the team, you know, in that kind of, you know, shiftier, smaller kind of slot role, Saldate at 5'11", 185 pounds, then, uh, then let Saldate be the guy. That's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of where I'm at. Do love Faison. Um, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked personally if, if Saldate kind of just takes over that 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 spot. And no, he's not enrolling early, but neither did Faison. Faison got there over the summer yeah. on this past season. Um, so I, I'm, ex- I, I'm excited about this receiver room. We'll see who they bring in along with Chris Mitchell. Um, again, we like Bo Collins. Um, for for the Irish, Josh Kelly seems like he's probably trending towards staying, um, you know, closer to home on the West Coast. Um, I'm sure they'll look to if, if they don't get Kelly, do they bring in someone else to get to a third receiver? Do they wait to see after spring ball, maybe like uh, what what the position looks like to retool the room? Um, remains to be seen. Crazy times right now for Notre Dame football, but uh. Yeah, man. I think Cam Williams will play, and I think he could play really anywhere at the receiver spot. Gilbert, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Gilbert would be like a a, a freshman impact guy. But Logan Saldate is my sleeper, maybe of this class in terms of like playing as a true freshman. So that's my, that's my take, Kyle. Don't be don't be shocked. Logan Saldate is a guy next year. Notre Dame loves him. Yeah, he he's just he's had an outstanding senior season. He's the uh, last one standing uh, in the 24-25 class right now in terms of teams playing this year. Logan Thomas just captured a uh, state championship last weekend, and Logan Saldate is trying to do it this weekend. So, yeah, little bit of a shorter show today. Do have one other thing to talk about. So, how about Chris Mitchell? from Jacksonville Mandarin has a younger brother who we talked about a lot on this program earlier in the year is John Mitchell. And it took me a few days to put this together. Um, John Mitchell, um, 5'11", 175 pound cornerback, 2024 class, uh, nation's number 131 overall player, number 19 quarterback, cornerback, excuse me, committed to Penn state since April was a huge Notre Dame target. I mean, he was like the cornerback target to watch in the spring, uh, right up there with Caleb Beasley. Um, and uh, he, he committed to Penn State, took a visit to Notre Dame and everything, uh, but did end up committing to Penn State. So when I'm like, oh, Chris Mitchell's coming to Notre Dame, John Mitchell's his little brother. I started digging around, and I think John Mitchell will be sticking with the Fighting Irish. Excuse me, sticking with the, with the Nittany Lions. Um, Manny Diaz is, is leaving Penn state. That's, uh, that, that was an any lines defense coordinator. He's taking the Duke head coach position, but still, I mean, as of this morning, uh, do not believe that, uh, Notre Dame will be able to pull off this flip, but Notre Dame has not had their in-home visit yet with Chris Mitchell with, in terms of Marcus Freeman. It's my understanding that they will do that home visit next week. And I'm sure John Mitchell will be there. So can they try a last-minute flip to get the brothers to reunite in South Bend? Um, we will see. Um, this would be huge. I mean, Notre Dame's already got 
nice little cornerback class. With the excuse me, I'm struggling. Sorry. Um, with uh, Leonard Moore, who still kind of an under talked underappreciated guy, don't talk about enough. Um, and uh, Carson Hobbs, who put together a really nice senior season. It's a solid cornerback class, but if you get John Mitchell, um, that would make it <laughs> pretty darn good. So, uh, yeah, I don't think Notre Dame will be able to pull off this flip um, as, as things stand right now, but still got uh, 12 days until signing day. This is a really intriguing recruitment for me because we had heard a lot about Notre Dame going into his visit, which was the last Saturday um, in March, I believe, the 25th. And there's a lot of um, – buzz around the Irish. I know he's a guy I pegged on commit watch based off what I was hearing going into his visit. And, you know, that visit kind of came and went. And next weekend, I remember I was, I think I was driving to South Bend actually um, for spring practice coverage and John Mitchell popped at Penn state out of nowhere. I was like, wow, pretty surprising. But I know Manny Diaz, the D coordinator there had uh, has really strong ties to to Florida, so maybe not as surprising once you do some digging into that. But I'll be curious if Marcus Freeman does get in home with with John Mitchell because Freeman's been known to to win over the parents. Mm-hmm. He already won over the brother. You know, John's already been to campus. There's the a little love Notre Dame from their visit. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing they were up there with Chris too. I would assume they were. Yeah. No, they were. Yeah, yeah, because we saw the pictures. So yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm sure the parents would love to see those guys play together. Like, I mean, why would they want to go back to? I mean, John's going to freshman now, so yeah. But I, I think it'd be cool for them to see those guys team up. So Notre Dame might have a lot of things working in their corner. And I know John's, he's a little bit quieter of a guy. So even if he were kind of turning to Notre Dame, I don't know if we would hear a ton of buzz of it about it. I'm sure Notre Dame would have some excitement coming out of the Goog if they were feeling better about this one. But this is a, it's an interesting, interesting one. Um, I know we were talking last night about some of our uh, signing day prep and we were trying to jog through our memory a little bit. It's been such a crazy cycle, but we didn't really think there were just off the top of our heads, many uh, 24 or any 24 commits that. And we lost Kyle. <laughs> what? Okay. All right. See you, Kyle. It's good. It's good knowing you. Yeah. I think he's talking about 24 commits um, that have flipped to Notre Dame. Was that what it was? Kyle? All right, maybe we lost Kyle. It's just left mid-sentence. I'm going to wait a moment uh, for Kyle to return. Uh, while I wait, Marcel asked how many early enrollees. Right now we are looking at 15 if all of Notre Dame's signees or all of Notre Dame's commits stick with their pledge. Um, so 15 as of right now, which would be a record for Notre Dame. What happened there, Kyle? You all right? Yeah, I um I tried to bring up the 24 class and I did it in the wrong link. So I'll just go ahead and pick right back up where I left off. And yeah, what was what was it flipped to Notre Dame? Notre Dame hasn't flipped anyone yet. So the only one we didn't talk about this, but it was Logan Saldate coming from Oh, Oregon of course. Oregon State. Yeah, yeah. 
But besides that, they have not flipped anyone into the uh, 24 recruiting class, which I, I feel like Notre Dame in the past has been kind of known for pulling yeah. off a guy or two, certainly more than one. So it's like Notre Dame might be due for another guy. So hmm. we'll see what happens, man. Like I said, Marcus, if Marcus gets in home there, the Mitchell household uh, down in the Florida area, I'll be curious to see what happens. I think they're going to see Sean Cevalano in Clearwater um, next week. So they'll they'll be down in the state. So that might be a, a good time to swing on by. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, I will say I like that Notre Dame is is giving it a shot here because they could easily just kind of say, no, we like our corners. And I know yeah. that, that for a third quarter, they wanted to add Caleb Beasley or Aaron Scott. And Aaron Scott came into Ohio State. Notre Dame kept a pulse on Caleb Beasley, um, who's decided to stick with the Vols so far. But I do like the the play Notre Dame is making here. Sevillano, I think, might be back in Canada. I, don't I was know wondering that as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like when I was down in, in actually Clearwater, where I was for Thanksgiving, all my family lives there. I was trying to see Sevillano, but he was back. He was back home. Um, so, uh, yeah, but. Um, so we'll see. Um, it's it's certainly intriguing. I, I, I'm happy that we have another storyline to talk about because um, yeah, it's much more about transfer portal right now um, for Notre Dame. Twelve days until National Signing Day, and uh, yeah, Notre Dame's got the 23 commits, ranks number nine currently. Um, so that would be three straight top ten classes for Notre Dame, which has happened once, I think, in the internet era for Notre Dame. I think it was like 05, 06, 07 or, or around that time. Um, so for as long as Brian Kelly was at Notre Dame, he only signed back-to-back top 10 classes once. Marcus Freeman did it his first two classes and might do top top 10 three years in a row, which would be pretty impressive. So, yeah, now again, National Signing Day, 12 days away. Transfer portal, guys, I think Notre Dame will announce um, like officially like, hey, uh, Chris Mitchell, Jordan Clark, like these guys are officially part of the program. Um, not hundred percent sure what that looks like. It's kind of different every year. Like when the Irish are able to announce their transfer portal guys are officially with the program. Um, of course, next weekend, CJ Carr will practice with the team, which is kind of crazy. Can you, can you explain that before we sign off Kyle, like how CJ Carr is able to practice with the team? Hold on really quick. A $50 bomb here from Ryan Elliott. Thank you so much for the generous super chat. It says thanks for everything you guys do. I am usually not listening live due to running a small business, but the content is awesome. Um, wow. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. Go Irish. Yep, I got you, my friend. Um, just a $50 bomb. Thank you for the uh very generous super chat, Ryan Elliott, my man. Um, so yeah, I will leave this up on the screen. But uh, yeah, Kyle, you want to talk about uh CJ Carr, how he's able to practice before even signing with Notre Dame? It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Ryan. That just made my day. So <laughs> that's cool. I really appreciate your support. Everyone that's watching, you know, I know Mike more than me puts a lot more time and energy to this with all the shows he does. And uh, I know by Friday, Mike's <laughs> a little run down, but yeah, I really appreciate the, uh, the support, but going back to CJ Carr. So there's an NCAA rule, um, it, I don't. I won't, I won't go into the specifics of the bylaw number, but basically, um, prospective student athletes 
can participate in practices if there's a vacation period. So basically in between the first and or the fall and spring semester. So I'll just read the the rule out loud just to, yeah. um, you know, kind of, you know, formality, I guess. But uh, basically the rule states that a student athlete may practice during the official vi- vacation period immediately preceding initial enrollment. So what, because CJ is going to be um, enrolling in January, this is why this works out. Um, it, of course, provide the student has been accepted by the institution for enrollment in a regular full-time program, studies at the time of the individual's initial participation, um, and he can be no longer uh, in the previous educational institution and has to be eligible under all institutional and NCAA requirements. So CJ checks like, Does it bind him to Notre Dame though? Like I, I would have to, right? That's that's kind of what I was wondering because he still can't sign until the 20th because this was the same way with Nico Ayamaleva last year because he started practicing about a week before signing day and then Tennessee announced him. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think CJ can play in the bowl game either. No, no, no. So, but he, I'm pretty sure he can dress because I think Nico dressed. And Nico ended up leaving Tennessee in the winter to go play in the Polynesian Bowl. <laughs> so just it's something really interesting. It, yeah. yeah, it's a weird rule. Um, Notre Dame's going to take advantage of it. I think they have a, a little bit of more of an advantage with CJ. I think he might have wrapped up class. A few weeks ago, not certain about that, but yeah, no, it, yeah, I was told he his Celine's on trimesters, so it yeah. ended, I think, around Thanksgiving, or so. Um, it's, it's, I can't believe that this, that this can happen, and I wish they like great with Lou Samoji with us, so I could call him and be like, Lou, has this ever happened before in Notre Dame? There's no way, like, this has to be the first time Notre Dame's ever done this, right? Chat, do you guys know? Like anyone in the YouTube live chat, has Notre Dame ever had a player before signing practice with the team? Like for this bowl game, I can't like, imagine. I for the can't fact, imagine. the fact that they just allowed an early enrollee is what was it starting about a decade ago? Two thousand five, I want to say two thousand five. So yeah, I mean, basically the early enrollees, the mid year guys, have just started. So I can't imagine that. Since Hold that's, I I have a loose emoji article saved right here, two thousand six. Notre Dame had its first three early enrollees. So, yeah, I have a hard time believing that, uh, yeah, that this has happened before. Totally. I, I can't really wrap my mind around it. It's like, all right, he's been accepted into school. Got it. But, like, before signing? that, Unless it, like, does. Like, as soon as you practice, you're bound to the Notre Dame. But, yeah, what if he practices with the team? Can he then sign with a different school? There was even the deal um, a few years ago where a kid could sign financial aid papers with multiple schools. And then all of those coaches, this is maybe 2016, 2017, where this was happening a lot. I don't know how much in recent years, but 2016, 2017, around that time, um, you could sign financial aid papers with multiple schools. And then those coaches could then comment publicly about those players, that, about that player, even though he hasn't like officially picked school. Recruiting's wild. That's why it's like, man, some of these recruiting rules, they just keep changing every year. So it's like, what what even is set in stone? So for people asking about transfer portal stuff, rewind. Um, we've been live for 45 minutes. So we, we talked about some of the stuff earlier in the show. 
But that is going to wrap it up. Um, thank you again, Ryan Elliott, for the very generous $50 Super Chat. I hope you um, have a great rest of your day and weekend. And I hope that the Irish give you some good news, hopefully, on Riley Leonard, the Duke transfer quarterback, who we are keeping close tabs on here at Blue and Gold. I've been projecting him to Notre Dame really since before he even entered the portal. Um, so I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that. Well, Kyle, great work today as always, my friend. Um, hope everyone enjoyed today's stream. We had tons of YouTube streams this week. Uh, a couple with Tim Hyde, uh, one with Goolsby last night. So if you're, if we haven't scratched your Notre Dame itch, go watch some of those other shows as well. Um, please hit the thumbs up on this video before you get out of here. Uh, appreciate you guys supporting um, our channel and making us part of your day. Uh, thank you all very much, and we'll catch you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.